Hello, it's Paul Kemp, host of the App Guy podcast. This is the show that will uplift you and take you to new heights with regards to app entrepreneurship, startups. We speak to some fascinating guests. My guest today, just to set this up, the story is that, I mean, you really relate to this character. He created his first startup in his dorm room and he uh, ended up fixing iPhones and iPods and various Apple devices. And instead of going down the path of getting a career after university, going, getting a salary, getting a corporate job, he stuck with it. He ended up becoming a very successful entrepreneur. And it's all around his business building iCracked, which went from his dorm room to a multi-million dollar business. It is a fascinating journey. It's a fascinating story and you'll really relate to it. But before we get into it, I'd just like to thank my two sponsors for this episode. First is TopTal, toptal.com forward slash Paul, toptal.com forward slash Paul. This is a network of great developers, great designers. I've had a good friend of mine who recently connected with me and uh, he told me of his horror story of getting burnt, um, losing several thousand dollars as a result of a developer and uh, he he had a really bad experience. Don't let that happen to you. Go to the most trusted network in the world. These guys are top talent, hence toptalent.com forward slash pool, toptalent.com forward slash pool. Thank you so much to TopTal for continuing to support the show. Also, my friends at brandbucket.com, brandbucket.com. If you are a startup and you're struggling to brand yourself, maybe think of a name, don't go through all the effort of doing it yourself. Just go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, and you can search through their extensive library of names. They've had some very successful businesses as a result of coming out of this. So get all the brands, all the logos, everything pre-vetted so that all you need to do is to start your business, to start your side project, whatever it may be, is brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. Thank you so much to Brandbucket for supporting the show. Right, let's get into the episode. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Anton Ivanov, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. This is Paul Kemp. Now, this is a show that helps apppreneurs. Uh, it helps you make a living. Uh, the recent episode, we had apppreneurs working in uh, remote areas of Asia, uh, building apps, and uh, we do lots of launches. But this is the first time that I wanted to explore the story of uh, someone who is doing terrific stuff. He's in the Bay Area of San Francisco, and uh, he is, uh, I guess, building up um, a really awesome business around smartphones. But it's to do with the hardware. It's to do with um, fixing iPhones and smartphones. And and let's hear about his story. His name is Anthony Martin. He is the founder of iCracked. And uh, he's now with us on the App Guide podcast. So, Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Paul. T- tell us, first of all, then, uh, you are the first person that we've had, the first entrepreneur who um, is uh, really uh, fixing uh, smartphones. What, what is it iCrack does? I think the name gives it away, but tell us in a nutshell what it does. Yeah, so iCrack is uh, basically the world's largest 
um, smartphone repair company. And what we've done throughout the years is built out a repair network of technicians who basically um, are your modern day geek squad. And so um, the big difference between um, our network is they actually will come to you, whether it's your home or office or even a, you know, a convenient place like a coffee shop to be able to fix your device on site. And so we, we believe that you know, in 2016 that we are today, that you know, the customer um, experience needs to come to the customer that I don't need to take an hour out of my day to go to a store and have this repaired when I can have this done on my terms at the convenience of wherever I am. So Anthony, I'd love to know how you got started with iCraft. Yeah. How did it all start? Yeah, it started well about six years ago, um, both myself and my co-founder AJ were actually still at university and um, our schools were about 90 minutes away from each other. And we were actually just very good friends that we met through um, our mutual friends. And um, at the time, you know, I was on my campus um, solving my own problems around actually textbooks. And so at the time I had built a textbook exchange platform um, because I was so tired of you know, going to the bookstore, buying a book for $200. And then 10 weeks later, after my course is complete, I'm selling that book for pennies on the dollar back to the same bookstore that I bought it from. And I was like, there's something broken here. So, you know, at the time when AJ and I met, I was doing that. And AJ actually was on his campus um, solving his problem, which was I'm breaking my phone all the time and I'm not going to go to the Apple store and pay $200. I just don't have the, the deep pockets as a college student to afford that. And so there's got to be a better way to get this thing fixed. And so, you know, when, um, when I cracked really started, you know, AJ was fixing devices on his one campus and we saw this huge emergence of smartphones um, starting to come into everyone's lives at the time. This was 2010. And we saw no end in sight of these um, devices growing. Um, and now, of course, we have billions on the planet. And what we know is that over 20% of them are going to break in the first year of ownership. So um, we saw this growing need for service on devices. And while you know, most entrepreneurs kind of looked at the other side where now that we have all these handsets, I have the opportunity to build great apps and, um, and kind of you know, that exemplifies this podcast here, you know, building apps and being an opportunity. How do you say this? Uh, Appreneur. Oh, Appreneur. <laughs> there you go. Um, and we kind of took the other side of that coin and decided to build a business that solves the hardware side of these devices. And so um, when it started, you know, we started in very humble beginnings. We were both what we call iTechs and just fixing devices on our campus. Um, and we're like, okay, how can we now? Um, start to scale the business and teach people to do exactly what we're doing on our campus. So it became this whole thing of um, now we need to build the tools, we need to build the training, we need to go to China, we need to source the highest quality parts, and we need to build the whole system around supporting a group of technicians. Um, and today we have about 5,000 technicians around the U.S., um, we cover 94% of the U.S. population, and um, that means that basically we quantify that by we have an iTech within 10 minutes of 94% of the U.S. population to fix their device. 
Um, and so we went from being a technician ourselves to building the tools and building the platform to connect customers with our workforce um, to be able to solve their problems in the modern age um, and do that all on site at their convenience. So it's been a long journey and it's actually been really fun with all the challenges that go into building a, a small company and, and watching that grow. So, I mean, I'm totally inspired, Anthony. And there's a lot of people listening in the US as well that are currently in university. And there you are, I guess, thinking that you may have a career based on what you're learning at university, uh, but your side project turns into your real business. How did you know when to ditch the whole usual career path and focus on this, what was at the start, a side project? Sure. Yeah. And look, I mean, I guess kind of my background or how I grew up, um, I grew up in a entrepreneurial family. Um, so, so my dad, you know, started his business at 25. Um, my mom has had multiple businesses that she's done and they're, and they're all, um, varying like small businesses that she had, she had built throughout the years. And we're talking like some examples are like, she used to rent bounce, bounce houses for birthday parties and had like all these party accessories that she would do and drop off these big bounce houses and bring them back. And, and she would make a few hundred dollars every weekend doing that. And like, you know, she always had us selling mistletoe um, during Christmas time. And we would make money and learn how to learn how to uh, build the bows and everything on the mistletoe and sell those on this on the corners. And and it really enabled us to be fearless in in taking the plunge of you know, starting to build a company or solve a customer problem or meet someone's needs that they have um, and build a business around that. So I guess I was, I was kind of fortunate in that way. We were always encouraged to start things and not feel scared about that. Um, but like, like you kind of touched on, this did start as a side project. And, you know, at the time, in fact, when um, we decided to go after smartphone repair and really scale iCracked, I never expected it to actually get as big as it is today. I, my expectations going into it was we're going to build a great lifestyle business and this business is actually going to be a stepping stone or a prerequisite to where I thought I wanted to be at the time was to get an MBA and, and be able to get an advanced graduate degree and then be able to use that degree and be able to keep evolving as an individual. But what I didn't, you know, what I didn't realize at the time and what I quickly started to realize, you know, in the, in the coming years is I was getting the world's best MBA by starting my business and learning and facing all these challenges that is very difficult to get with when you're in the classroom. Um, and the, the hard knocks of, of business needs to happen um, in real time. You need to experience it. It's hard to read about it just in a book, but just going and actually doing it and starting something. So I think it's, it's a very good compliment for students to get real-time um, real experience in building something even while they're in school. And of course, school is gonna be super important. You should focus on that, but allow yourself um, that opportunity to experiment and be curious about markets and just start something. Um, you don't have, the, the biggest thing that I think keeps um, potential entrepreneurs from starting something is they don't have all the answers before um, before they start, right? And the fact of the matter is, 
that's okay. You're never going to have all the answers. You're going to find out the answers as you build. Um, so having the willingness to accept that you're not going to have all the answers, start anyway, and just solve problems and challenges as they come. And, and the business will evolve. And hopefully, you know, that business, you know, starting small and then just solving challenges, it'll build an actual sustainable business that you can suddenly make it your full-time thing. And Anthony, uh, we were actually, I think there was an episode, uh, maybe 470, it may, uh, I think I remember, where they built a business to $100 million a year from their dorm room. And, uh, That's amazing. And I'm totally inspired by this podcast because here you are running 5,000 like technicians uh, and it all started from your dorm room. I mean, how, how really... I'm, I'm totally inspired. Uh, should is this a lifestyle for everyone? Do you think uh, the lifestyle of which part? Being an entrepreneur, fixing phones. Um, what? I, what do you I, mean? I tell by you that? what, Anthony. I, uh, I'm, a lot of questions are coming to me right now. Where uh, you know we have a lot of successful people on this show, but um, most of the listeners are not at the level of success that you have achieved. Were there times during your period of you know over the last six years? where you just thought you're doing the wrong thing and, and you almost quit. I mean, how did you get through uh, those f- fears of uh, just it going wrong? Uh, and uh, to, how can you inspire people that maybe are not um, as successful right now to keep, keep going on? Absolutely. Well, the, the thing is about starting a company, um, especially in the beginning and as it continues to grow, you're going to have super highs where you're going to feel invincible and you're going to have a big day of success. Maybe you get this article published about you and all of a sudden you're in Forbes magazine and you're feeling on top of the world. And then literally the very next day, something catastrophic can happen to the company where it feels like the sky is falling and you're at your lowest lows. Um, and it, it's, it's very dramatic, especially in the beginning. Um, and so, you know, it's, if you're going to start a company, it's a matter of acknowledging that and knowing that that's, that that comes with the territory. And what I always say is, um, when you start a business, get comfortable with being uncomfortable just like you don't have all the answers, there's going to be a lot of highs and lows and try not to, you know, try and stay centered while you're starting the business. Don't get too excited when everything's going great and don't get too down on yourself when things don't seem to be working in your favor. Um, and so that's something very key to, to think about. Um, and for me, and I know for my co-founder, there are those lows and it's really, really hard in those times. And I feel very fortunate that both AJ and myself have each other um, to be able to, you know, we're in this together. And so when you have those lows, I think having a co-founder is actually a very key thing to keep um, those lows from you actually getting off this roller coaster ride. The worst thing you can do as an entrepreneur is, is get off the ride when, you know, it's at the bottom. Um, and you got to ride through those and then, and you will find the light at the end of the tunnel, as long as you keep, you know, keep going after challenges, um, and working with your team. Um, I think, I think that it's all about reiteration and keep finding new opportunities and to get those highs back again. So I hope you're enjoying this episode with Anthony Martin. Now it's time to thank my two sponsors. First is TopTal. I want to tell you a story and that is that I've recently uh, had a chat with a very great entrepreneur, young chap, 
who started his first business at the age of 15. And he uh, ended up uh, giving development work to a developer and who he'd found uh, off one of these uh, third-party uh, platforms. And the developer basically uh, took his money and did not ship the any code or any of the project, and he effectively uh, lost his money. And he uh, recently signed up to uh, TopTal as a result of uh, taking my guidance. And the reason I encouraged him to do so was because that uh, TopTal uh, are very different from other experiences you may have had with contract hire freelancers. What they have is a wonderful network. It really distinguishes them from anyone else. They spend a huge amount of time developing this network, screening out at 97% or more, actually it's more like uh, it's a higher number, at, but at least 97% of people, uh, developers, uh, designers, get screened out. So they end up with the best of the best that they choose from. They become their top talent within their network. And then what you do as a potential client is that you can start a trial, a, you can start a two week trial, and they will guide you through their network. They will listen to you. They will understand what your project is, whether it's uh, building an app or fixing bugs on an app or a website or any particular uh, development work. They'll understand your needs. They'll work out how best to communicate with you. And then they will introduce you to a lead engineer who will navigate you through the best people within their network. And then it will be like having someone on your team. You can have them uh, hourly, part-time, full-time, whatever your needs are. You can try it out for two weeks. If it doesn't work out, if you don't for some reason get on with the developer, they don't have the best uh, skills that you need, uh, then TopTal will pay that developer and uh, you get no risk. It's a wonderful service. I highly recommend it. So to get this two-week uh, trial, then go to toptal.com forward slash Paul, toptal.com forward slash Paul, and uh, if you do go direct, just say you came from the show, give me some support, and I hope that you really enjoy uh, your experience with the world's top talent. Thank you very much, TopTal, for supporting this show. Next is Brand Bucket. Brand Bucket is a wonderful uh, service whereby if you're starting a startup, you or if you're doing a side project, you need a brand, then uh, the best thing to do is to go to brandbucket.com because they have loads of examples, uh, thousands of thousands, tens of thousands of names where they have the name, the brand name, they own the domains and they have uh, ensured that there's no trademark or anything on the name itself. And so you can be rest assured that when you pick up a name from them, you have the logo, it's all safe, and you can just start using it straight away and not get into trouble with anyone else. And if you do go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, I'm doing that now, you can search some really cool names. And for example, uh, the cloud is a, a very uh, popular service at the moment. So if we just type in cloud, uh, we end up getting uh, lots of really interesting names. Cloud Us, Cloud Tower, Cloud Tiger, Cloud Czar, Scale Cloud, Magna Cloud, Modern Cloud, and all of these, if you have a look at them, Comet Cloud, that's pretty cool. All of them have a really cool brand. It looks like uh, actually something that has been designed by a professional agency. Cloudergy, of <laughs> course, cool. Front Cloud, so many cool names. You basically go in here, you uh, end up buying the package, 
and everything is delivered to you. The logo, the domain name, everything's secure and you can start using that straight away. So if you are excited about starting a startup, then go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. And thank you very much to Brand Bucket for supporting the show. Hey, let's get back to my chat with Anthony Martin. I'm totally blown away. I mean, this is just so great. I love hearing this story. Now, uh, I wondered if you have any big challenges right now where you could talk through that you can you think that uh, either I or uh, the Appster tribe listening to this can help you with. So what are your big challenges now as the co-founder of iCracked? Yeah, so I mean, I guess my big challenge today is obviously iCracked is evolving at a fast pace. Um, the market is evolving in a fast pace. Um, and we have a bunch of components to solving the customer's uh, needs and problems um, and being able to fulfill that as a business. And so there were ways where iCracked um, in its early ages and up until now, what I like to call iCracked 1.0. And where we are as a business now is um, we're seeing a lot of opportunity and if we actually change the process of how our business works to make it easier for our repair network to get more repairs, um, for customers to have a better experience and a simpler experience to get a repair. And for the third person would be our partners to be able to have a network to be able to service either their customers, their products, um, and, and their devices through our network. And so um, when what things that used to work when it was just iCracked and iTechs, um, you know, finding our own customers and servicing those customers. Now, um, as we start to build the business where it's like, hey, we have 94% of the US covered with a technical workforce that can come on site and fix your customer's devices. Um, there are new needs and challenges to be able to make that simple and easy and so we're doing a lot of things kind of like uh, I, I use the example of eBay. eBay had, you know, a very uh, their 1.0 product was simply connecting um, a buyer with a seller. And and all of the payments and transactions and everything happened off of the platform, basically. And at some point they had to start to take you know, a responsibility of that journey of the customer and making sure that that everything is working properly, that um, that there's an escrow service, that payments and fraud is is working. And they've actually were able to make this big transition on building a better experience for the power seller and the customer. And now that's resulted in how big of a company they are today, how many small businesses are now built off of the eBay platform. And it wouldn't be unless they took this big jump of making it very seamless. And I think iCracked is doing that same thing right now. Um, and it has a lot to do with our software, actually. So with, with um, our listeners today, you know, we have a lot that we're doing on the app side to, for customers to schedule repairs with iTechs. All of our iTechs have apps that they, that they um, interact with iCracked on. They see all their scheduled repairs. They see um, how many parts they have, where they have to meet customers um, that day, and everything's inputted there. So a lot of what we're doing on the evolution of 2.0 is building that platform, especially for the mobile perspective, um, because that's such a big part of, obviously, our DNA, but the big part of the market, everyone's using their phones to 
get service now and using their phones to um, to uh, get things done in their lives. And it's mostly done on site. So we're we're making sure that we're going to be on the forefront of being able to provide that for customers. Uh, Anthony, uh, there's I mean, two more things uh, I think I'd love to cover with you. One is that uh, I'm just hot off of uh, reading a really wonderful book by Kevin Kelly called uh, Inevitable. Uh, and I've been really learning a lot about the growing future trends of users of smartphones. And at some point, they are going to want to just uh, have access to devices rather than owning devices. Do you, do you foresee a future where we just pay for access to a phone and we don't care what the phone is because, you know, at some point, if, if we break it, we can just simply replace it and download everything from iCloud, for example, and we have a replacement there and then. So do you see a future where we don't own our phones, but we pay for accessing them? Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like a phones as a service where, yeah, the ownership goes away. We get access to them, um, but someone else essentially owns that device and it's not us. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think the carriers in general are moving in that direction. I think you have Apple that has their, uh, their I forget what it's called, the always upgrade program or something like that. I'm messing up the name, but it's basically you are, you are paying Apple a certain amount of money every month to be able to use this phone. And then every year you're eligible to get the new device. And so um, we see that not only with Apple, but also the carriers. Sprint's doing a rent a iPhone program. So is um, T-Mobile and other carriers as well here in the US. Um, so I think that that's definitely, that we'll see that happen more and more often because carriers also want to make sure that, you know, people are consistently upgrading to the next device. Um, and so do the OEMs. They want to see that behavior as well. So for us, um, you know, when those devices break, um, we want to be a resource to help fix those um, for especially people that are building these programs. Because um, the thing is, if I break my phone, there's not like there's zero cost to it. Like that device, if, if I bring it into Apple or whatever, um, and they hand me that, that uh, new device or whatever, because I have this program, um, that, that, older, that device that's broken has to be fixed. Um, or either they're going to do a swap, which, which what we're talking about is like, I have a broken device, I bring it in, they hand me a new device. That's actually very expensive for the, um, the carrier or the OEM to do that. In fact, it's like about $400 in cost. My job is to make sure that I can do that for a carrier or an OEM for much, much less um, being and able to do a same unit repair. So they don't have to do the hot swap. I can, I can give them an incredible experience for about half the cost and everybody's happy. So that's what we're focused on. Regardless of if you own the device or not, we want to make it a super cost effective way to get your device fixed and up and running again. So Anthony, the final thing then, the final thing is that uh, <laughs> I, I, something that you said that I think is really valuable that I've learned. Many of the apps to try come to me and ask, I need downloads. I need to get press. I need to get uh, onto the homepage of Reddit. I do all those things, uh, but they're really interested in getting downloads. And I've just realized you've got a wildly useful app that is used by 5,000 technicians as an enterprise app. And did you, 
I'd love to know if you actually built that in-house or whether you then outsourced that to uh, a series of app developers or an agency. Tell, tell us how you got that app into the hands of all the technicians. Sure. Well, yeah, so today we now have an engineering team in-house. Um, and it's right now we have about 15 engineers, um, multiple iOS engineers. We have front-end engineers. We have back-end engineers. And then the sort of product designers um, and the, the product managers to execute on a lot of different things. One of those is the apps, right? Um, but, you know, before when we started, which is probably how most of your listeners, you know, how do we get started with that? Because it's really hard to be able to justify having an engineering team um, when you're getting started. So we actually used a, an outsourced team. Um, there was a team of eight in Romania and there were contract um, engineers who we met actually online through, I believe it was either Odesk or one of the one of the um, websites to find engineers and you know you have projects that you need to do. And we started with that and it was basically like very coin operated. We only had so much money and you know sometimes we could spend you know a couple thousand dollars on work to the app and other times we couldn't so it was great for us like it was you know pay as you go and it made a lot of sense as we were small um and so i'd recommend anyone that's starting a, an app that's not technical um that's a great lean way to start making progress without having to hire someone that's say a hundred thousand dollars a year when you don't have a hundred thousand dollars to put into something um, I think, I think that's a great way, but today now we have, you know, product roadmaps and we know what we need to do not only this year, but next year. And we have a full pipeline to get that done. Now it makes sense to have people in house and it makes sense because it's more predictable work. Um, so that's, that's definitely kind of the evolution of iCrax engineering at least. Yeah. And my final thought on this is that for any app entrepreneur who is struggling with their apps, you know, maybe just getting a few hundred downloads, for example. Sure. Uh, I, I'm thinking they should build an app that uh, is really aimed for business. And it could it could be um, just a demonstration app and get it onto the app store and use that as, uh, as an example of something they can do for a company. Uh, and I'm sure if you had the opportunity, if you saw the app that you needed uh, and it was on the app store, that you would definitely... Mm -hmm entertain a discussion with the developers behind the app and, and maybe buy it out. So that, that's an alternative way to think about um, this whole uh, app ecosystem. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I believe we oftentimes think about just consumers when, uh, when we talk about downloads and stuff like that, but businesses are operating their need apps to operate their business. And yeah, that's, that's definitely a big market that I believe is growing and undervalued right now. So yeah, definitely. Anthony, this has been so inspirational, really. So uh, this is episode 490, The Apps to Try. can go to theappguy.co, episode 490, Anthony Martin, and get links to iCracked. Um, but in the meantime, how best can people uh, get in touch with you? What's the best way of uh, connecting? You know, I am, I am glued to my inbox, um, and the best way to contact me is directly is just from my email, it's anthony at iCracked.com. Love it. Well, thanks for inspiring me and I'm sure a lot of people out there, I love these uh, podcasts that end up talking about, you know, starting off with a co-founder in a dorm room uh, and right. uh, just taking over the world <laughs> in six years. And uh, I wish I had a time machine <laughs> to go back. But uh, It's never too it, late to uh, start. 
You're right. It's, awesome. it's never too late. And I'm sure in 2020, we'll be looking back and saying, ah, oh, you know, 2016 was the year to get started in this. And so, uh, yeah. exactly. Thanks for coming on the uh, App Guy podcast and all the best with uh, iCracked. All right. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate you having me. What an inspirational a chat that I've just had. If you want to join my community, we have 700 plus members who are founders, investors, developers, entrepreneurs, all helping each other out. And you can get in there for free and you can be part of the conversation, part of our community. Just go to uh, theappguy.co and uh, on the menu, uh, you will see uh, a Slack and just hit the Slack community. And you'll be taken to a join up screen where all you need to do is give me your email address. So that's a Slack community. It's wonderful. We have groups that are asking for help. We have groups that are introducing themselves, getting known to the community and also brag about it where you can get to boast about the things that you're doing. Uh, just really helpful stuff, books to read. And we've uh, actually exceed 10,000 messages and we've now uh, had to archive a lot of the messages because it's just so big, this community and lots of conversations going on. So go to an active community, go to um, theappguy.co, hit Slack, join up, and I'll see you in there for a chat. Thanks very much for listening to another episode and uh, do get in touch, paul at theappguy.co as well. And I look forward to getting another episode to you shortly. Bye for now.